0: Greetings and welcome to the animal wellness podcast the official podcast of animal wellness action. Hi, I'm your host Joseph Grove. On this show we talk about animals from the perspective of people who care about them and have the ability to improve their lives by influencing culture and supporting laws and regulations accordingly. To stay up to date with all of our news and information, subscribe to this podcast, receive our free newsletters and more, visit animalwellnessaction.org. Well, I'm super excited about this show. We've got a great guest, someone who is, I think, a a leading advocate. It is not undue uh, to say of him. Uh, He is with us. Uh, Donnie Moss will say more in a minute, but Wayne Buscelli also joins us. He is the president and founder of Animal Wellness Action. So Donnie Moss is a New York City based animal rights advocate uh, who runs local campaigns and produces videos for their turn, .net. In 2008, Moss made the award-winning film Blinders, which documents New York City's controversial horse-drawn carriage trade. From 2009 to 2013, he led a successful campaign to end the political career of an elected official running for mayor who had blocked animal protection legislation for eight years. In May of 2015, he launched a grassroots campaign to compel the New York Blood Center to pay for the care of 66 chimpanzees who the organization had abandoned with no food or water on islands in Liberia. Uh, that campaign ended in May 2017 when the organization made a $6 million contribution to pay for the lifelong care of those chimps. So, so Donnie, great to have you with us. I've heard Wayne talk about you. Our former colleague, uh, Natasha Dolezal, uh, talked about you with adulation uh, quite often. So it's a special treat to have you on the show. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, well, no, great. And and, and I want to ask you this, too, to, to kind of get us off, uh, because you are the, the founder of TheirTurn.net. And, and the tagline you have there is that animal rights, animal welfare, is the social justice movement of our time. Uh, you talk about, you know, progress with, with women rights, African-Americans... Uh, members of, of the gay and lesbian community having achieved major successes. And and you say that now it is the time for animals to have those successes. Uh, do you still feel that way? Do, is this still the social justice movement of our time?
1: Um. Yeah, I definitely think uh, it's a social justice movement of our time, more and more so because more people are waking up to the abuses that take place inside of factory farms and slaughterhouses and laboratories behind the circus tent. And so social media uh, and to a lesser extent, mainstream media have exposed the public to the truth about what we do to animals. And the movement is growing bigger and bigger as a result. I think the the phrase their turn um, came from me as a grassroots activist, just constantly being bombarded with this objection from people in the streets who would say, well, what about children? And what about people who are starving here? And what about people with this this disease well what about the animals um I you know well I I always say compassion isn't finite we can care about everybody who needs uh advocates in their corner
0: and that's a good segue into our discussion about our our recent work together uh, on kangaroos specifically we called our campaign kangaroos are not shoes it, it involved applying a great deal of pressure to Nike, probably the best known brand, inarguably the best known brand uh, that was using uh, kangaroos to make soccer cleats. You did a lot of work. We we received the fruit of some of that labor. Uh, I'd like you and Wayne, please, uh, to talk about how we persuaded companies like Nike, Pumas followed suit, Theodora. Um, we're now working on Adidas and New Balance. How did we make that change, Donnie? And Wayne, tell us your reaction as well.
1: Well, I mean, I could start by saying that, you know, the the activism that took place in New York City was just a very small sliver of a very big pie of uh, of a campaign. So the Center for Humane Economy launched this sort of global kangaroos or not shoes campaign and had so many important components to it, lobbying you know, uh, a, a beautifully produced video. And so the protests were just, you know, one piece of the pie, one spoke in the wheel, as as they say. And so when I was contacted by, I don't remember if it was Wayne or Natasha, to uh, sort of represent the Center for a Humane Economy in New York City, I, I mean, it was humbling because I know how important a campaign this was and, and will continue to be. And, uh, and I felt like I really wanted to live up to, uh, to the expectations of the Center for Human Economy and, more importantly, to the kangaroos who so desperately need us to win this battle for them. And so, um, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, the the this in-store disruptions that we did in New York City, the education, the outreach we did on the streets uh, played a role. And, and I think it, it it must have played a role in New York City and it must have played a role in, in other cities in Australia and the United States. There were activists all over the place who participated in this campaign. And I think, you know, one city sees another city doing it and then they want to get involved and they see the impact and they see the reaction of people on the streets and they see activists walking into stores and and dis- disrupting. And they want to be a part of that themselves. They they want to step out of their comfort zone and do something more for the animals than, than maybe what they, they think that they could do. They hunt these kangaroos down in the dark of night and they blow their heads off. We are pleading with Nike to stop massacring go kangaroos. Gonna go They're going to pay attention to us here. So go Two million kangaroos are killed each the year. Massacres Leave the kangaroos alone. Kangaroos are not shoes. Just, Just stop, stop the slaughter. Some of the kangaroos who they kill have babies the jellies in their pouches. The babies die. Kangaroos are not fashion! Where the hell is your compassion? must protect them kids! We will not give up this fight! Nobody here wants to pay for kangaroos to be slaughtered to make soccer shoes. I do agree about the soccer shoes. For Nike's victims and their plight! We will not give up this fight!
2: I've been to Australia a couple of times, and and they're they're beautiful animals, especially after all the fires and stuff they've had. That seems, I mean, that just seems insane. It seems like there's something
1: else that they could use. I think that slaughtering kangaroos for for shoes makes no... No, it's wrong. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll
0: be back. I do want to connect the center to animal wellness action. Uh, the Center for a Humane Economy, of which Wayne is also president, is a, a I don't know, Wayne parallel organization, um, sister organization uh, that focuses more on consumer activism, while Animal Wellness Action, the sponsor of this podcast, focuses perhaps more on legislation. Uh, Wayne, I'll turn it to you for your perspective on that campaign.
2: Yes, well, listen, it's just great to have Donnie on. Uh, he's one of my heroes in the in the animal uh, protection movement, for sure. Uh, Not just because he's a great guy, but because he's unbelievably effective. And he really, I can count some of the best advocates in the country on my hand, uh, one of my hands, and and he's on it. So um, I'm so glad that he's joined us today. The Kangaroos Are Not Shoes campaign was one that the Center for Humane Economy advanced. And Joseph, you're correct that the Center for Humane Economy focuses more on changing the way business operates, where animal wellness action focuses more on the way government operates. Those are the two biggest levers of change in my view in doing animal activism, right? I mean, we love animal rescue. We do animal rescue. All of us who you know, adopt a dog in need or a cat or some other animal in need, and then organizations come to the aid of animals in crisis. Inevitably, those are, those are all activities, while crucial and necessary, are addressing the symptoms of the problem. Our goal should be to prevent cruelty in the first place, and our goal is not just to address random acts of cruelty, but systemic exploitation of animals. Whether that's, as Donnie noted, in the realms of factory farming, um, animal testing, wildlife management, fashion, sport, a number of other categories in this in this space. So I formulated with my colleagues. just a few years ago, around 2019, 2020, the Kangaroos Not Shoes campaign, I had had a big touch with this issue in working to defend an early 1970s statute in California that forbid the trade in any kangaroo parts in that state. The government of Australia and the, the Australia-based kangaroo killing industry made repeated efforts to, to suspend that law and to repeal it. They succeeded a number of times through the years. And uh, there was a there was a very good uh, group called Viva that was also working to protect that law. So, in any case, around 2016, we cemented the California uh, prohibition on the trade in kangaroos. And my thought in 2019, 2020 was to globalize that, to extend uh, the California ban to the United States and to the world through a combination of, of political and corporate campaigns. Most of the uh, killing of kangaroos, and it's about 2 million a year, does fluctuate depending upon the commercial uh, demand for the product. 2 million kangaroos a year, and that includes upwards of 500,000 joeys, the juveniles who are with their, their mothers. The mothers are lactating to, to feed their, 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 their offspring. They're shot at night, the adults. And it's in the dark of night in the outback in Australia. You know these shooters are are taking aim from one hundred meters or so. They can't distinguish between an adult male and a lactating female. So the lactating females are victims of the shooting, and then the Joeys are the collateral damage. And any effort by Australia to describe this as humane uh, or or carefully done are immediately vitiated. Uh, by the knowledge of the joeys being killed uh, in such extraordinary numbers, 500,000 joeys just as collateral damage. They weren't even aiming at them. So this is the largest terrestrial mammalian slaughter in the world. It's done for commerce, and the primary commerce, getting back to the point of our kangaroos and our shoes campaign, is to use the skins for athletic shoes. And I thought this is ridiculous. I saw what happened in the fires in Australia in 2020, that was a huge motivator for me with all of the uh, you know, anthropogenic threats that kangaroos face, plus the natural threats, the non-human threats. Why would we tolerate this mass intrusion into that native habitats of kangaroos to kill them for their skins, to make athletic shoes that these companies already manufacture with other fabrics for many of the models of the shoes. It's absolutely not necessary. And I've always thought that the very definition of cruelty was abuse for no good purpose. And this is no good purpose when you have alternative shoes. So we launched the Kangaroos Are Not Shoes campaign. I think the naming of a campaign is very important. I'm sure Donnie would agree that that speaks to you, right? It's got a little bit of an alliterative note to it and it's memorable. And that was the launch of our campaign and it's had many facets and donnie's activism in new york i think you know he's very modest but it was really instrumental
0: thank you uh wayne uh, if folks want to learn more about this and see some of this material it is kangaroos are not you can also go to animalwellnessaction.org and find our campaign page there we've pivoted our uh, activism now to adidas uh, so you can sign up, uh, sign a petition on that website to begin applying the same kind of pressure to the remaining two major holdouts on this front, Adidas and New Balance. So so thank you for that. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't say all of this takes time, energy, and yes, you guessed it, it, t- it takes money. And uh, we certainly do appreciate your donations. It's super easy on our website. To become a monthly sustainer, those things help. We run a lean, mean machine here. Your dollars go very much straight to helping animals. So, anything you can do to help us there, we appreciate it. And certainly, uh, if nothing else, sign the petition and get on our mailing list so you can stay abreast of all of this material. Uh, Donnie, Wayne has mentioned the protests I just talked about, uh, signing the petition. Uh, There are legislative fronts. Uh, what what's the most powerful tool right if you had to pick one tool to persuade a company to make a change in its policy what would it be?
1: It's a tool that we never even it's such a powerful tool that we never even apply had to apply it just the mere the mere thought that this was gonna happen I think perhaps contributed to the timing of Nike's announcements. And this is, and this is not something that the center for human economy was behind. But we as grassroots activists in New York City made the decision that we were going to escalate this campaign by protesting at the home of one of Nike's board members, who is the head of the corporate uh, responsibility and sustainability committee on Nike's board. And I sent this individual several polite letters and didn't hear back. And I didn't expect to hear back. They often don't, um, in the absence of a consequence. And ultimately I made it clear that we were going to show up at her front door in, in Manhattan at her apartment building with posters of her face juxtaposed next to pictures of what happens to the kangaroos and her neighbors were going to know what she's responsible for in part and people in the community. This was right near NYU. And so two days before that first home demonstration uh we got word that nike was going to discontinue the use of kangaroo skin as uh material to make soccer shoes and so look this announcement was probably already in the works but you know it's it's quite possible that the timing they they uh pushed up the timing in order to prevent this protest I just want to take a step back, though, and just address two other things that we were discussing. The first is the quality of materials that the Center for Humane Economy sent an animal wellness action for the uh, protest that we did at the Nike stores was really good. I mean, there were really high quality materials. And I think that people who took these materials and people who stopped to take uh, to speak to us in the street could see that this wasn't just a bunch of ragtag activists with nothing better to do. This was a really thoughtful campaign with thoughtful message points. And, and, and that I think that really made a difference. The second thing I would say is that one, one of the tools we haven't discussed yet is uh, social media. And after Nike made its announcement, I uploaded a video of one of the protests that took place inside of a Nike store uh, to my TikTok page. And it's a fairly new TikTok page. I don't even have that many followers. Wasn't expecting much to happen with it. And it was sort of a, a warning to Adidas. You know, this Nike made the right choice to stop using kangaroo skin, to stop hunting down kangaroos in the dark of night and shooting them in the head and killing their joeys. And Adidas needs to stop too. And if they don't, this here's a consequence. You know, again, with a video of an in-store disruption. Well, Wayne, I didn't tell you this, but that video... Last time I checked had two point eight million views. Oh my and gosh, I cannot, I cannot tell you thousands upon thousands of comments from people saying, "I had no idea. And uh, that really speaks to the power of social media. If we could figure out these algorithms and why things go viral and and these are <laughs> highly guarded secrets, we could really reach far more people than than we are with all of our campaigns.
2: Well, I think that the you know, really activism, is there's no formula for it right it's not chemistry it's not mathematics uh, but one element is it's got to be multi-dimensional and i think that the center for remain economies campaign that we were so glad to have Donnie and their turn.net join us in this campaign and really many of the most important things that we do are collaboration efforts you know i'm working a lot now and we're working a lot with steve hindi with shark on cockfighting uh, and, and trying to stop cockfighting all over the country. It's enormously big enterprise, illegal criminal enterprise, but it's big. And and uh, and Steve has been incredible. He's on my my list of uh, top five advocates in the country as well. And we work with Kerry Teal and Christine Dorchak with Great 2K USA and Greyhound Racing. And we work with Dotsie Bausch on Switch for Good to get soy milk options. Uh, added in the National School Lunch Program to break the dairy industry monopoly on uh, the school lunch program, we've got a lot of great partners, and those partnerships are part of the reason that these campaigns are successful. Our FDA Modernization Act campaign to eliminate an animal testing mandate that had been in place for 84 years for all new drug development, with drug development perhaps constituting three quarters of of, of all animal testing in the United States and and probably in the world. Uh, This was a signature success for us with the Center for Human Economy and Wellness Action, and it was a broad-based effort. But as I said, you know, there's often a a major legislative component to bring pressure. Um, The Kangaroos Are Not Shoes campaign, we've introduced six bills in the States to stop the sale of kangaroo parts to build on California and to let Adidas and Nike and Puma and others know that if they wanna sell their products in the United States, they're gonna face a very bifurcated market, they're gonna have distribution challenges and they're going to be facing reputational risks at every return. And thanks to Donnie's work, uh, they were gonna face the idea that, that people were gonna come into the stores and tell their customers exactly what was behind the story of each shoe.
0: I wanna amplify something you just said, Wayne, and then pivot to Donnie with a question, uh, but it doesn't seem to be enough to tell people what not to do, it's terrific to offer a beneficial alternative. And you just described the case that was able to be made for the synthetic shoes. And I know that that approach was also very successful with your recent work to modernize the FDA, that we were able to say, not only stop testing on animals, but here's why you should, uh, because new technology, apropos of your reference to modern times, uh, makes it more effective to use organs on a chip or artificial intelligence. There are better ways. And if we can show those better ways, then I think the case is more easily made and the results more easily obtained.
2: Well, call me old fashioned, but I believe in logic. I, I believe in reason. And when you also really celebrate the best of human creativity, I mean, we put a, a, a you know men on the moon in the 1960s, right? I mean, that was an incredible feat. Look at what we've done with with computing technology. Look at what we've done with creation of sonatas and poetry. I mean, the human dimension, our creativity is extraordinary. Can't we figure out a way to play soccer without killing two million kangaroos? Can't we figure out a way to you know test drugs? And figure out a way that doesn't victimize primates and beagles. Uh, Can't we figure out a way to entertain ourselves other than to watch birds or dogs kill each other in a pit? I mean, this is absurd. It's completely ridiculous. But reason and logic don't always prevail. I mean, I I do think they're a necessary component of our work, but you have to bring pressure uh, because you know these big actors don't just change. Or, I mean, sometimes things change just because that's the way the world is moving, but it usually takes a catalyst. And that's, I think, where Donnie and I really think about, you know, what are the mechanisms of change and how do we do this? And I really want advocates around the country to think about not just having strong beliefs, but having strong strategic action that allows society to then move toward broader adoption of those beliefs. Not enough to just feel strongly about something if you're an advocate. You've got to find a way to get change done.
0: Donnie, I I loved your anecdote about the potential approach to the New York City board member, right? I love it. What would you say to people, though, who might consider a threat or promise to show up at someone's residence and um, uh, join them or or pin them to this cruelty as bullying.
1: Go pro- Exercising our First Amendment right to protest on a public sidewalk in front of someone's home and chanting uh, really pales in comparison to hunting down kangaroos in the dark of night, shooting them in the head and slamming their joeys against the side of a car. So, you know, it, it's not... It's certainly not fun um, and it's really an escalation tactic to show up at somebody's front door. You have to do a lot of things before you get to that point. Uh, But at the end of the day, these individuals, corporations are making decisions based on what's in their financial best interest and sending the polite letter to get them to do the right thing, more often than not, doesn't move the needle. And so, we these tactics have proven to work um this it's a pressure campaign you know these types of tactics are used in in a pressure campaign you know there are other organizations like direct action everywhere that uses a more love they describe it as a love-based approach this is not that this is almost the opposite of that but sometimes you have to apply pressure and really make everybody uncomfortable in order to affect change. And we saw that in New York City several years ago on the New York Blood Center Chim campaign, where we were protesting not only at the homes of board members of of the New York Blood Center, which had abandoned 66 chimpanzees in Liberia after experimenting on them uh, for many, many years, Um, but we we protested not only at the homes of those board members, but at the homes of the corporations that were, contributing money, supporting this organization. It really got unpleasant and ugly and uncomfortable. And I, I don't think the activists enjoyed it. The people who we were targeting didn't enjoy it. Uh, we were slammed by in the neighborhoods where we were engaging in this outreach. But at the end of the day, it worked. And the New York Blood Center wrote a check for $6 million to, uh, Oh, for the care of the chimpanzees who they had abandoned in liberia and i genuinely don't think that would have happened without these escalation tactics showing up at people's doors and you know what joseph it's a good point you know where do you draw the line uh, I, I i don't draw the line there i think that's i think it's okay um uh, other people would disagree but we we, we know it works well i
2: right. think I, I think it's Clear that, you know, one thing that Donnie has said here is that it's not the first response, right? It's not gratuitous. You give people a chance to do the right thing. This campaign, Kangaroos Are Not Shoes, has been running for three years. Nike was not very responsive. They talked to us initially and then they just kind of walled themselves off. And this is a big company, it's a fabulous communicator. You know, the swoosh is, is one of the most recognizable brands in the world. Why couldn't they discuss things with us? and you know we didn't threaten them um, you know we didn't call for a boycott we said we want you to stop sourcing kangaroo skins look 2 million kangaroos are killed every year 500,000 joeys isn't that a moral problem there's also a practical element of this and my thesis has been for a long time that the shoemakers are innovators and are using other fabrics already with great success And I asked Mitchell Fox, who was the original campaign manager for the Kangaroos Are Not Shoes campaign for the Center for a Humane Economy. I said, what can you do to validate this this thesis? Then he said, let me count up the goals scored in the 2021 European Championships on on soccer, football, and see what percentage of players are using non-kangaroo-based shoes versus kangaroo shoes. And he counted them up, and it was overwhelming. Then the World Cup came around in 2022 after we published the European Championships data. And I said to uh, his successor um, in our campaign, Natasha Dolezal, count up all the goals scored in the 2022 World Cup from the first match to the championship with Argentina and France. And she did. And there were 172 goals scored, 164 came off of the feet or the heads of players not wearing kangaroo based shoes. 95% rate, the best players in the world, the best scorers in the world, not using these shoes. So I think that clinches the case. And of course, our recent success has come in the wake of that information being broadcast to the world. We do not need these shoes made from kangaroos. So, you know, the center you know, didn't ask Donnie to do it. The center, you know, went to Donnie and said, "Can you help us? Can you protest?" You know, in in New York City, and Donnie then took the ball and and ran with it. And uh, it's certainly a permissible activity, uh, protesting on a on a on a street. And as Donnie said, he he considers it unpleasant, but it's unpleasant what happens to 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 these animals as well. I've always used the polite methods. I mean, when I was, when I was younger at a college student, I did do a good bit of direct action for animals. But I realized that we needed to do, to do more than that. Um, not leaving direct action aside. There's got to be a limit though, right? I mean, I, I, for one, have spoken out against illegal tactics. I think it hands a strategic opportunity to our opponents to cast us as extremists and to cast us as willing to violate the laws. Now, I understand the motivation of people who, who who care passionately about animals and don't want to see these awful forms of exploitation persist. I understand the impatience. I understand the, the will to sacrifice. But I think the only pathway for us is to use permissible tactics. And that certainly includes hollering and yelling and and some amount of confrontation, as well as the more established routes of of legislative advocacy and letter writing and publishing of op-ed pieces and peer-reviewed science. All of those things matter. But I, I just can't think of too many examples where big changes occurred without some street level activism.
0: Donnie, I know a lot of people are listening to this and probably feeling what I'm feeling right now, and that is psyched up. You know, put me in, Coach. What What can people do to? Why Why are you laughing, Wayne? No, you're right.
2: You're no, right. I, yeah. yeah.
0: Do you are you? Looking My father at me was and a saying, football coach.
2: My father a football coach, so that he would he would inspire the players to 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 get out there. So Wayne absolutely.
0: looks at me. Wayne looks at me and thinks that's a pickleball player. At most, <laughs> that's that's what he's thinking, Donny. Uh, but what can what can people do to engage in more of your kind of advocacy?
1: Well, look, I'll just you know, I'll I'll tell my own personal story. So I saw uh, videos of what takes place inside of factory farms and slaughterhouses. In uh, I saw these videos in two thousand five, and I made a decision right there that I was going to stop eating and wearing and consuming animals in any way and then I realized I wanted to do more than that because I had all of this anger running through my veins about what we do to all of these innocent sentient beings and so I was living in London at the time and I got online and and found out where activists were engaging in protest and where people were campaigning to improve the lives of animals and I went to Harrods where Activists were staging anti-fur protests, and then I moved back to the U.S. and I saw that there was a campaign on the streets of New York to end the use of horse-drawn carriages in Midtown Manhattan, and I participated in that. And then I thought, you know, there's never been a documentary about that. I'm going to grab a video and, you know, I'm grab a video camera and shoot some video and see if I can cobble something together. I had no experience, but I thought maybe I could do something that, that I could post up on YouTube and you know and then one thing led to another and that ended up being a documentary film and so the point is you enter the movement if you're not part of the movement enter the movement uh in your local community and find and find your voice um i found mine through these pressure campaigns through making videos um through educating the public and um you know whereas wayne has a much more global you know global view and and is running these much more sophisticated Campaigns that include, you know, legislative work and lobbying, and you know, uh, larger campaigns, and so, and that that works for him. So, but regardless of where you find yourself in the movement, I would encourage people to step out of their comfort zone because that's where change occurs. Change happens in the discomfort zone for us as activists, and and when we push ourselves harder, more change happens for the animals more quickly. Yeah,
0: everyone has at least. A voice. You, you, uh, is it fair to say you don't need to be 100% fluent in all of the issues to be 100% fluent in legislative processes? Uh, but if you have a voice, begin to use it. And I love what you said, Donnie, about you're just going out you know, and, and making a video, a movie. You'd never done it before, right? Uh, we can't yeah. wait until we are as good as we may become or would like to be in order to make a difference not every, well, no one can do everything but everybody can do something wayne well
2: and and we know that things aren't going to change if we're standing on the sidelines you know to continue with your put me in coach sort of notion i mean these are big problems and you know just going back to the beginning you know donnie has an ambitious vision for changing the way society treats animals i mean we've we've viewed animals in a very subordinate way for a long time. And there are a lot of powerful institutions that use animals and they marshal their political power to maintain the status quo. Just look at ag gag laws or or you know the food disparagement laws, or you know, so many aspects of counter maneuvers that exist in our in our field. And I think you know. I know that things cannot be achieved alone. Uh, I know Donnie knows that change can't be done alone, but it does start with the individual. But then the value of this is that we, we, we engage in collective action. We work together, which is why I love the idea that the Center for the Humane Economy is working with Donnie and their turn. And I really enjoy, even though I, always, I haven't always seen to eye with Steve Hindy, Uh, with Sharp. But now we do see eye to eye. And I really appreciate him. I appreciated him before in terms of his work, but I appreciate it now that he is willing to collaborate and believes in collaboration. The same thing with Great 2K and the other partners that we have. We got to be together on a lot of these things. We have sometimes tactical differences. We may have ideological differences. I mean, I'm not one who believes in orthodoxy, right? I mean, I don't think that you have to be this this and this to be an animal advocate. I welcome people of diverse backgrounds. I welcome people of all political persuasions being involved. I mean, I think it's a it's it's wrong for us as a movement to become, you know, just a a cause of the left. Everybody should be involved in animal advocacy whether you're very conservative or very liberal or anywhere in between. Animal protection is a universal value. And, you know, I just lost my beloved companion, Lily. Uh, She was a little beagle mix who was rescued. And and there's a life there. You see their their eyes and you see their fear when thunder rolls in. My God, this is a creature who has the same sensate feelings as I do or we do. I mean, we're just ignoring it, somehow excusing it or rationalizing it. We've got to do better. We can do better.
0: You know, Wayne, uh, you know, I, I read one of your posts about Lily and and the aspect that you could tell that she had had, a, you know, a horrible life before you, you got her. Uh, that really, really touched me. And I just felt this enormous gratitude for you and all the other people who rescue dogs that have been abused and do bring them out. And that's a, a bit of a divergence from the topic but you you brought up lily and man it was just it was super moving what a what a blessed dog she was to have you wayne so i'm really glad she found you so thank uh, you sir was, for, thank for you.
2: i was blessed to have her she 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 made me a better person that's for sure
0: excellent um i want to go back to donnie donnie any any final thoughts anything we've not talked about on this yeah. this episode?
1: Yeah, just a, a couple final thoughts, and that is we have so much to learn from animals like Lily and all other animals, because when you think about it, all of the other animals who live on this planet, you know, except for humans, they they live in harmony with the planet. They're born, they take just what they need to survive, and they leave the planet just the way they found it. Yet humans, and we have this idea that we're the most intelligent of all animals, uh, we're destroying our only home and all of the other individuals who live here. We're destroying it for everybody. So we we have to learn from the animals, um, learn from their kindness and their care for the planet and and others. I'd also say that, uh, Wayne, you were alluding to, you know, bringing everybody into the movement from the right to the left. And and I would add that we should bring people into the movement who aren't aren't fully there yet. Uh, Gene Bauer, uh, the founder of Farm Sanctuary, says we need to meet people where they are. And bring them along, and uh, and I and I very much think that's true. If somebody wants to participate in a, in an anti you know kangaroo skin protest but is still eating animals, well we can we can meet them where they are, talk to them about it, and you know and help them connect the dots. And lastly, I would say that you know just remind everybody that all of the other animals are here with us, not for us. They exist for their own purposes, and we should just let them live in peace. Listeners, if you want to take action. Uh, send an
0: email to action at animalwellnessaction.org. We have, uh, as part of our agenda at Animal Wellness Action in the center, uh, the growth of many state programs. Uh, Some states have state directors. We always appreciate people at the grassroots level uh, to have them on hand for when something like a protest does come about so if you'll email action at animalwellnessaction dot org, uh, we'll we'll make sure that that you're connected with the person who's in charge of our state affairs, so that you can you can be on standby at the ready, right? So we we appreciate that, uh, and we appreciate also your tuning tuning into this podcast. We're we're grateful. Go to animalwellnessaction dot org, dot org, and uh, sign up for our newsletters we have many forms that communicate directly to legislators so if you want to take some action uh, all you have to do is fill in your information and a letter is generated on your behalf it comes from your email address it's a great simple way to begin your journey into the world of animal activism and of course again uh, none of this happens without financial support so if you can can sign up to be a monthly uh, subscriber donor uh, at any level That makes a big difference. So you can find this podcast on uh, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or Spotify, all the social channels. We sure do want to thank uh, Donnie Moss for being with us today. Wayne, thank you for joining us today after what I know was a brutal day uh, yesterday. And until the next episode, I've been your host, Joseph Grove. Thank you.